Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Kat Shear, and we have Julie Rappaport with us. But before we get to her, quick shout out to our sponsor, C4 Energy, Cellucor, and Extend. Make sure you go to officialextend.com or cellucor.com. Use the code Clydesdale. Get 20% off your entire order at a very minimum. If they are running a deal, you get 5% off their deal. So it's even a better deal than what they run. Um, minimum of 20% off. Code Clydesdale at officialextend or cellucor.com. And with that, Julie Rappaport, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So it's been a while since we've had John. I know. Long time. <laughs> yeah, lots happened. So we were lucky enough, Kat and I, to meet you at the first ever Masters Fitness Collective. Yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Where... Yep. That was fun. And you came out like a house on fire. And then your knee said, not going to, not going to finish. Mm -hmm. So where are you with, with the knee, with injuries, with all of that in, in your life right now? Oh, I, my knee is, um, I mean, I, it's my problem child. It's, um, it's a lot of love and, um, I, because of, of it's different structure, I'll just say, um, I kind of have, I've, my body is, you know, our bodies are amazing at, uh, compensating. And so I have, I have done a very excellent job at, at that. And so, um, what happens is my hips work differently than they actually should. And then it, so it's just, that's what I finally come around to finding out that like it was, everything was just off. And that then affected my knee, um, whether it's mm. my knee affects my hips or my hips affects my knee, or I don't know, but it's just a movement pattern that, um, that just kind of found its way to its last leg. And then it actually, um, I got this like shooting pain, like in my tibia was what was going on there. And, um, and nobody knew what it was. And, and, um, I eventually just had knee surgery just to clean up my knee. And after that surgery, then that went away. Um, ironically, I haven't had any problems with it until I was at the last comp and then <laughs> lo and behold, it wanted to rear its ugly head again. And I was like, I'm not going to pull out. I come on, let me just finish the weekend. So, so it sounds like it's, it's a movement pattern issue that once you get it cleaned up, the movement, if the movement pattern doesn't change, it's going to, it's going to rear its ugly head over and over again. Yes. I'm now working with a movement specialist to try to, you know, go back, like slow down to go fast. So hopefully that'll, um, you know, it's going to be a brick by brick sort of process, but I mean, ultimately I'm probably looking at a knee replacement, but I'm trying to you know, hold that, hold that off as much as possible. But if that happens, that happens. But, um, and then so, as far as injury, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish. Oh, please. Just, um, you know, and then, so after the knee surgery, that was 2020, I believe. Yeah. We're in 2022. Um, then I happened to actually make the games in 2021 and then about six weeks before I was going to go, I dislocated my shoulder and um, found out that uh, there's, I couldn't even hang from a bar. I couldn't do anything. So I needed um, major shoulder surgery. So that was fun. My how did you, how did you dislocate your shoulder? Snatching. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, the, the orthopedic surgeon was like, listen, there's nothing acute 
here. Like, it's not like that just did it. It was just, that was the thing that broke the camel's back. It was, you know, I'm sure that any CrossFitter, their shoulders are wrecked, but um, yeah, it was just kind of the right movement at the right time that then had that happen. And so that's been my last year is recouping from that. So you, you jumped into my notes already, doggone it. Because <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, I noticed you, because you finished fourth um, in the qualifying position to get to the games. And then there were no, on your account, there's no games there. So I was going to ask about that. Um, so what was that recovery like? I mean, honestly, it's still going, um, but it's, it was, um, you know, I grew up playing soccer. So for me, it was always like the ACL, you never want an ACL repair on your knee, you know? And, um, one of my friends had ACL repair four months after my shoulder surgery. And I was, she was like back in the gym, like right away doing all this, these things. And I was like, Oh, apparently it's shoulder surgery. You don't want, um, because <laughs> there's only so many times you can do legs, you know, and you can't like jostle it for a while. Cause the, I had a kind of trifecta. I, I could, I had rotator cuff, labrum and biceps tendon. And yeah. yeah so, um, so it was, it's just been, um, I, and then like, I didn't move it enough. And so like, but also the guy was like, listen, I nailed that thing down, like so tightly, you will never dislocate it. Whether you will have full mobility is a whole nother question. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, working on that full range of motion was challenging for me. Um, and then just now it's just building back the strength and endurance in the shoulder, but it, I mean, it feels fabulous like it's 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 rock solid it feels like now so 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 nailing down is that a small tack hammer with, with like just <laughs> i don't know there's some bionic stuff in there or something I, i'm not really sure what it is but lots of lights uh staples or sutures or i don't know what yeah uh, some somehow i picture a shoe repair man yeah in your shoulder like tick 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 tick, yes. tick, 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 tick. <laughs> lots of yeah. that yeah yeah, well, Are you I'm setting sure up metal detectors? That's all we that. need to know. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> so you didn't get a replacement on the shoulder or anything like that. It was just, it was yeah. just a the bring the tendons back repairs. into place. Yeah. Actually have some tendons that are attached. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you, you have always been like on the, you are a 2017 games competitor. So you have been to the games and then you've always been like right there. Yeah. Like right on the cusp or injury or has there ever been a point in your career where you thought, is this worth it? Or do you love it too much? Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever gone there. I it's, I just, I love the process of it. So it's like, I mean, it's like I've made it three times and been there once. And, you know, one was COVID. Uh, that was a real bummer. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, like it was, it was an interesting thing for me um, because I was really not in a good headspace when, um, you know, the shoulder happened. Um, it's kind of a funny story where I was like, all right, you know, this happened. I'm not going to be able to like really perform how I want it. Cause I was actually feeling pretty good. I'm not going to be able to perform how I want to perform. So what I'll do is I'll go and they'll like, maybe they'll have some lower body intensive stuff that I could do. And then at such point that like, there's a workout that I can't do, then I'll withdraw. And so I was still training and doing, <laughs> I was doing some sprints and, um, and, like it was, it, I just feel like the universe was like, um, okay, let's, let's dislocate her shoulder. She's not going. And then, oh, oh guys, um, she's still thinking she's going to go. Um, we need to pull the hamstring. Let's shut down the knee. Oh, the pants. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, God. I literally was sprinting and my hamstring popped and I was like, oh my God. So it was like, I was not meant to go. And there was something in that at some point where I just got to this this something happened where I was like, 
thinking about it and really having a hard time. And then all of a sudden this kind of this voice was like, Julie, it's, it's, it's just, it's just working out. Like it's just the games, you know? And it's like, I know that sounds silly on some level because the games is a big deal, but it was also like, so refreshing to me of like, this is just where we get to showcase all the work we've done, but like, ultimately it's not like there's always next year or, you know, it's like when I'm 80, am I going to look back and like, really like, am I going to be just so despondent about it? And so I just had like, it was just like a nice thing of like, oh, okay. Like it is okay. It is okay. Well, and yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but so then, so then you go through the whole recovery process. Here comes legends. You do the qualifier and you qualify in first position. Mm -hmm. uh, you get, you get to Cookville. First of all, how was the vibe new location for legends, Cookville, Tennessee, uh, CrossFit Mecca of the world where the mayhem empire exists. What was the vibe like when you got there? It was, um, I mean, it was really nice. It was, um, you know, it wasn't, uh, I, I don't know, it was like professional, but like also very, it was just organized and Bob and Joe were really responsive. Like they were on, you know, they were there and they were like, do you have any questions? Anything you need to answer before? Like they were just very on top of it. And it was, um, the check-in process was a little bit, they kind of had a little bit of trouble there, but thank goodness I was there right when they opened. So I didn't go through that, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice vibe and it was almost like mellow, but not at the same time. And it's hard to explain, but I think they did a really nice job. Had you ever been to Mayhem before? No, no. Yeah, it was cool to see. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it was cool to see. It's a nice gym. So when you got there, this T. Gebby, which I who I do not know, mm -hmm. freaking dominates your division. You come in as the number one seed ish, and she just dominates the weekend. Did you know of her going in? Uh, is this something you expected or? I know you said earlier in the podcast that the knee reared its ugly head. Did that play a factor in that? Okay. There's a lot there. Um, so uh, I knew, uh, <laughs> I knew I, I can, I can recap if you need it. <laughs> I knew of Taya just because I knew, you know, I followed um, the games and so knew she had come in second at the games. And so I was like, Oh, you know, she's, I saw before I left that she was on the list to come. And so I was like, hey, you know, second place finisher in the games is going to be there. And so I knew that there would be competition. Um, but honestly, it was it was a different thing for me. Usually, I think in the past, I might have gotten really like tight and like, oh, you know, but um, but I really was going to just kind of see where I was in, in my recovery and my training and kind of my season and what I need to work on. And, you know, there's things that you just can't work on. If you're at your gym, you have to be on the competition floor. And so I really was very focused on me. Um, I didn't, I stayed in my lane. Like, of course I'm competitive. I want to win, but like at the same time I was, um, it didn't bother me at all. Like I, I kind of feel like if you just come off the games, you, you should be dominating like, you you know, like, whereas I was still, you know, I'm still recovering and, and I'm in just in a different part of my season and process. So um, it didn't bother me at all. She's, she's a monster, you know, she's, she's a um, very strong, you know, she's strong and she's competitive and um, you know, I think, I think if there was more gymnastics um, in the programming, it might've gone a little differently, but who knows, you know, but I don't want to take anything away from her. Considering you were coming off of that injury and, and sort of recovering from surgery and things like that, what, what were your goals for that competition? I mean, clearly you felt confident going into it, number one qualifier, but like you had to have some realistic 
you know, path forward on what was going to happen that weekend in terms of your capabilities? Yeah. I mean, I honestly just, I, I was just kind of going in and being like, well, let's, let's see what I got and let's see where my holes are and let's see what needs, to, you know, like kind of taking this as a checkpoint of like coming into the CrossFit season of like the open and everything of like, where are the holes that I need to really work on and shore up so that I can be competitive? It, it, I really didn't have like I mean, I, I was like, oh, I'd love to stand on the podium. That'd be great. Um, but if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Like I wasn't, I don't know. I was just in a very kind of chill headspace for some reason, which is not That's necessarily great. my MO. <laughs> nice for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, had it been the, the CrossFit games, you know, it's a different story. There were lots of things that I did at, at the, at the comp that, I'm like, oh yeah, this, like, there's a lot that I need to work on. Um, but it, it was, it was a really, it was a great experience for me in a lot of different ways. Some really big successes so, and not so much. So when did the knee rear its ugly head? So the first day we had, um, so what happens is that like what has happened, hopefully it doesn't continue to, but um, if I do high volume squats, um, then my hips are kind of all off, which then kind of tweaks my knee a little bit, but as long as I can get adjusted, I'm good. And what happened was, um, we had, you know, a lot of thruster dumbbell thrusters on the first day and I was all right, but, um, I could feel like something was a little off. And then there was, you know, I couldn't get adjusted. There was no chiropractor um, there. So then I just kept going and the next day wasn't any squats, but then the following day was the wall walls. And so that just kind of put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. And, and so the following the last day, um, I didn't know what I was going to be able to do or not do. And I honestly was like, please don't have us run to the rig and run back because I'm not like, I didn't know if I was going to get that shooting pain, which pretty much stops me in my track. So I was like, but then of course they did make us run and it, it did help <laughs> hold up, but, um, but it was, you know, there it, really, it was a lot of head stuff going on of like, uh, you know, I'm, because it's actually quite traumatic when it happens. Cause I never know when it's going to happen. It just, it just is extremely painful and, and out of the blue. So it, it was just on my mind. Do you, do you take the attitude that if it's going to go, it's going to go, but I'm going to push as much as I can, or is there a reservation about doing that? I will go until I can't go. Like if it's, you know, it, it, I mean, if it's, you know, at the, at the MFC in Indiana, I was like, I, there's no way I could do it. Every step I took it, it was shooting pain. This was a little bit different and I w it was just a little bit periodic and I was just fearing that it was going to become like it was in Indiana. And so that fear just was on my mind, but it was, I was still able to compete. If, um, so it was like, I'm going to do what I can do. Hopefully I don't, it's already kind of, fuck, sorry, messed up. So uh, you can say, fuck. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to F it up any more than I already have. So, so for our listeners who don't know in your profession, you are a counselor. Yeah. A couples therapist. Yes. So you, you deal with like mindset, thought processes, things like that. How are you at counseling yourself? Well, it's so hard. It's a really great question. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a work in progress at all times. Um, you know, I think having injuries, uh, you know, what I took last, last year was of course rehabbing, but I really just tried to say, okay, this year from my training really is my mental game, um, and trying to stay positive and trying to just, um, just 
take it one day at a time. And I mean, it's, it's always hard. Uh, I try, I'm really trying if I have anything negative is like switch it right away into something positive, encouraging. Um, I've gotten much better. Uh, but even today I was doing some rowing intervals and I was like, Oh, I completely just went down off the, off the cliff on one of them and then had to pull myself back. So, you know, it's just constant. It's um, so I, the answer probably is I'm not like, I'd probably give myself maybe a C. <laughs> That's great. So I do a mindset show with Phil Mansfield and he talks about that the biggest influence on ourselves is ourself because nobody talks to us more than we talk to ourselves. Yes. And I think it's 10,000 words every 10 minutes. We're probably saying to ourselves something oh, like shit. that. It's ridiculous. And, and so you are trained in all of this stuff and you gave yourself a C us mere, us mere mortals have no shot. Well, I mean, I think one it's, um, well, one, I'm, I'm, I tend to be hard on myself. So I might be giving myself a C when other people might give me a different grade, but two is it's much different to be on the outside counseling somebody than being on the inside. You know, it's like, you could be like some, some of the, you know, best counselors are the most messed up people. Like, sorry to say, but, um, you know, it's like, you, it, it doesn't, one doesn't preclude the other kind of thing. I mean, it's great to have that integrity, um, to be able to, you know, walk the talk. Um, and I do my best to do so. I just, you know, I'm, I'm human too. It's kind of, it's kind of like coaches aren't the necessarily the best athletes. Yeah. Right. You can be a really good coach and not be an all-star athlete. Yeah. But that is part of my, you know, I, I believe that, you know, like when you're at this level, like we all have, like, you can always, you know, you can always improve, but it's kind of incremental. Right. And, and, sure. and we're all at a high level in terms of talent and skill and experience. And, and so the difference I think comes in when you talk about the mental game of, you know, how can you really, um, hone that to be a, an ally rather than, you know, a, a, an obstacle. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say that. Cause I actually recorded a show with him this morning and he said, elite athletes are hard on themselves, but they know how to use that to make themselves better yeah. instead of using it to, to beat themselves down. Um, so I, it's cool you say that, how you use that to hone yourself in. So let's talk about the week and at Mayhem. Um, what what was the weekend like? You, you, you started off middle of the top 10, and then you really kind of turned it on day two. Is that what, because you are not a large athlete. <laughs> you you are smaller in, in stature. She's tiny. And... And endless ergs is not what I would call your wheelhouse. No. Yeah, that, I mean, honestly, um, I was texting my husband after that, at, you know, he asked how the weekend or how the day went. And I was like, well, it, it was all right. You know, it was more like damage control. And I'm sure, you know, I did all right, but I'm not going to be in the top 10. And then I like later looked at the leaderboard and I was, I don't know, sixth or something. And, and, um, and I honestly was, I was like, I'm totally okay with that. Like I, I was like, you know, endless ergs for a five foot person is, is, and that I, I cannot for the life of me gain a pound. I've been trying for like six months. So, um, well, the poor thing. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, you know, I don't have the, the power and weight that, you know, somebody maybe like Taya does, um, so that placing for me, I was, I was pretty pleased and like, was like, okay, like let's go into day. Like I, my goal was just chip away, just keep chipping away and see what happens. And um, so I was pretty, and like 
the next day was what it was, uh, oh, the sprint and then the toes to bar one. And those are pretty good workouts for me. So I was kind of excited for those. Yeah. So one, I need to coach you because I can, I can drive past a fast food restaurant and gain two pounds. <laughs> not, not, eat, not even stop. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, 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 so I don't know if we covered this last time, but I come from a family with eating disorders and, you know, my whole life up until a certain point when I kind of got really serious about CrossFit was about like, don't gain weight. And I just still laugh at like, if my mom actually knew and like heard me say, mom, I've been trying to gain, I'm trying to gain weight. Um, right. I mean, it would just, blow her mind because, you know, it's like our family just functions of like, you know, that is not what you do. So it's been a kind of cool thing, but I never thought I would actually have the problem of, of trying, like not being able to gain weight. Yeah. So you, you love the gymnastics. And so the second day was really good for you. Yeah. The, I mean, the, sec the second day was uh, the sprint, which, you know, that, I mean, you should be scared of that because it was, you know, <laughs> knew you were going to go unbroken and it was just going to be like, how, how much could you make it hurt? <clears throat> um, I had a little, yeah. a little thing happen that, you know, like, again, like these little things that happened that, that kind of threw me off that I was like, oh, that, that can't happen. Um, like at the games, those little things make big differences. Um, like they had little plates that were holding the barbells in place so they wouldn't roll. And when I dropped my barbell, they landed on the plates. And so the plates moved all over. And so then I was having to like, you know, it was just like, that was just dumb. Like, <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, there are things that you need to clean up. Um, and you know that there are little things that you can fix pretty easily. And you actually finish the weekend. One, I look at Gran Torino at the end of the, what, end of day three and 90 GHD sit-ups, 12 rope climbs and 150 wall balls. We had 80. That is insane. Yeah. 80. Okay. Yeah. That is, that is an insane workout. It, I mean, it's and a game's then, workout. Yeah. And nobody finished it. Nobody in any class, any division uh, finished that workout. You finished fifth. And I would say that that with 150 wall balls to finish for someone who's five foot tall, that's quite the accomplishment to finish top five. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that was um, the first, you know, the rope climbs and the GHDs. If we had just ended there, I would have, I think I could have really done very well, but um I mean, I seriously got on the, I mean, one, my knee was, you know, that whole thing was going on, but okay. Go ahead. Um, and, uh, but I got on the wall balls and it was as though you're like, it was just the weirdest thing. Your body was like, uh, what are we doing here? Like your midline is shot. And it, it was, it was the weirdest thing. It was like, you hadn't done, I hadn't done a wall ball before or something. I don't know. It was very strange. So then you finish that workout and then it's the old school one and two, the 12, nine, six into the six, nine, 12. Yes. And that you did really well in the bar muscle up front squat. And I know we talked to Jamie Latimer last week who is, she doesn't consider herself strong and was worried about the front squat part of that. How did that go for you with the knee, the leg? Yeah, controlled, like kind of less dynamic, uh, explosive stuff. Uh, those are okay for me. Um, so I knew that that one, like that one, I had a bit of a an issue with some judging, but um, but the the workout was it was we did chest to bar for that one. Um, so okay. that was that was a um, decent workout for me. And then you did you. Strict handstand push up or kipping? We had kipping. I wish. And I then sand, sandbag clean? Yeah. Uh, six, nine, 12. 
So yeah. you did really well on the front end. You took second on part one and then t- tied for 12th on part two. If it would have been strict handstand pushups, would you have finished higher? Perhaps. Uh, it really depends on what the field could do, right? Um, and, yeah. um, and, you know, I'm just starting to get my strict like volume back. Um, that used to be a real strength of mine, but, um, you know, a couple months ago I couldn't do one. So, um, I don't know what that would have done, but, um, honestly it was just some silly things that happened that, you know, were my fault on the sandbag that kind of, um, had that finish. And was it an over the shoulder sandbag or could you touch and go? You could touch and go. It had to be on your shoulder, but then you had to like Uh, one arm out. Okay. Yeah. My co-host loves strict handstand pushups. She proved it a couple weeks ago by cold getting up from her chair and doing strict (laughs) handstand pushups on the wall behind her. I'm a one trick pony. I can prep. My pressing strength is amazing. My pulling strength is terrible. So that's all right. You know, you got to shine where you shine, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> so you end up on the podium, second place um, at the end of the weekend. Are are you happy? Looking back, were you proud of that second place finish? Somebody asked me that today. Um, Girl, you better be. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I like, but there's, you know, having all these things that, I could have done different. I, I messed up, you know, these things that I know happened. Um, I wish I had like that part. I'm not satisfied with Um, the fact that I got second, like I'm pleased with it. And as far as like my recovery and um, you know, it was, it was nice to, to end up there, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a competitor and I want to, I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're Julie. You, you wouldn't be, I want to, you know, there's, I get it. I I get, I think if I had executed perfectly and had been first, right. Like then I'd be like, I'm stoked, you know, but like, there's always stuff that you you know, I don't know if you ever, well, maybe you execute perfectly. That's, that's a thing too, about when you're in competition, it's hard to say like, oh, I want to get first place or, oh, I want to, you know, be on the podium. It's more about, you know, how do you want to execute? Do you want to, you know, follow your plan? Do you want to not make mistakes? Um, And then if you do all that and you're still 10th place, like there's nothing you can do about that, right? There are people that are better than you and are trained harder or, you know, can execute better than, so be it. But as long as you do all the prep work and, and can do it. So I understand that if you have some execution missteps, you know, or things that you could have paced better or whatever, then, then that's easy to be like, mm, you know, yeah. what, what could have happened? Yeah. I mean, there were, there so, were the one that killed me was, um, was the pull up, you know, the chest to bar um, front squat one. Cause I'm like, I, yeah. I think I really could have won that one, but. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by the mindset of it all because I hear a lot of athletes say, you know, I wasn't perfect or I wasn't, you know, on my game in this one. And I think I was talking to Lucy Campbell and I was a collegiate swimmer and in my career, a long career from childhood to college, I may have swam two perfect races. Like it's, it's not easy to hit perfection right? Either I, a flip turn didn't go right, or um, I took too many breaths, or I, you know, something happened that I beat myself up for after the fact. Mm-hmm. And only probably twice in my career did I hit it right where I wanted to hit it. Mm-hmm. D- to be an elite athlete, do you need to strive for that perfection? I think so. I think so. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, there's so, so, so many just minute things that separate at the, at the upper echelon that it's like those little things that, you know, make a big difference. I think sometimes too, you have to be perfect and you have to count on other people not being perfect, (laughs) which really sucks. You know, it's like, oh, I need this person to mess up you know, when you do that whole leaderboarding thing and you're in second place and you need 20 points and you need to be five places ahead of this person to make it work and you need other people to get ahead of them and, 
yeah, it kind of sucks when you yeah. think about it that way. Yes. I tried yeah. very hard not to look at the pointing points so I could. Just yeah. It's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. I would say one of the two races I swam perfect in my swimming career, I didn't win, but I was so geeked over the, that I swam exactly the way I was supposed to. Now, the other yeah. time I did win and I was pretty damn geeked that time too. But, um, but so I, I think that it's, I get, I, I get it right at the end of the, at the end of the race, if you did everything in your power to do it, then you're satisfied with that. Um, so yeah, that kind of happened to me with, <clears throat> with the toes to bar one where, you know, I hadn't been doing a lot of toes to bar. Um, and so, and, and my, not my, my, one of my things that I've been really working on and I'm still not great at it is pacing and strategy. And so I went into that one with a game plan and I mean, I, I think I pretty, yeah, I, I executed like exactly how I wanted to and, and I didn't come in first, but um, I was super stoked. Right. And I, I mean, the icing on the cake would have been, had I been first, but I was like, that was a, a success for me. And just so the audience knows that was five rounds, 18 toes to bar, nine shoulder to overhead and 54 um, double unders. I feel like we, I think we had 15, we had 15 toes to bar. Okay. 15 yeah. toes to bar, nine shouldered overhead yep. and 54 double unders, 44 double unders, 44 double unders. They, they changed it up at 50, which is weird because usually it's 55. Yes. So that was, that was an odd kind of switch there, but those numbers are all doable. And so you have to, you have to decide, are you going to, are you going to ride the line and go unbroken on everything or are you going to pace it? And what, what was your decision? Um, well, my old self would have been like, I could do it all unbroken. Um, but I was like, listen, um, I think I need, like, I think my coach was saying, well, get out in front on the first one and just do unbroken on the toes to bar and try to get a little bit ahead and then you can break them up. And I was like, nope, I'm going to break them up from the beginning. So, um, I, I just, I broke up the toes to bar and then everything else unbroken and, um, it went perfect, it, like how I wanted it to. And it had to feel good because that's, that's a shoulder intensive workout Yeah, and coming off the shoulder injury. So not only did you hit your game plan, but your shoulder held up in the process. Yeah. My shoulder was the least of my concerns over the weekend, which yeah, is- I was going to say, it sounds like the shoulder is not even a concern anymore, which is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's super nice. That's good. So was that your most proud moment of the weekend? Um, I, I would say so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So let's look into the crystal ball for 2023, <laughs> a nice, a nice second place finish at legends, a pretty big competition. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're up against some stiff competition. Now comes the open in February. Are you going to make a run for the games? Yeah. I mean, you know, just see where the chips land, you know, it's, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go for it as much as I can and as much as my body allows me to. And I, th and I think the last time we talked to you, you were doing a lot of your working out in your garage. Oh, geez, Is yes. that <laughs> no, no mass. No the gym now. No more. <laughs> yes. I go back. I'm at the gym now. Good. Okay. D what, what is the difference for you there? Oh, um, I just, I, it just feels like, um, I mean, there's like, I don't, I'm not cramped, you know, but like, it's also just like going somewhere. Um, it's like, there's a purpose for what I'm doing kind of thing versus I just go to my garage. I don't know. It's a little bit just harder in terms of mindset and then the community, um, it's just fun. And, um, I enjoy all the people there I get to socialize with. So is it and an affiliate, still at Julie? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, Coda Iron View. 
Um, and the owners are just amazing. So, and where is that again? It's in Lafayette, Colorado. Okay. And Coda owns like 103 gyms, right? They own, um, I think there's three in Oklahoma, three, and then one in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they had three teams at semifinals. Yep. All from different locations. Yep. It was so confusing when I was trying to interview <laughs> them after the heats. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think they were all at the same semifinal, too. There were two, uh, two at, at, um, God, where was that? Mac. Yeah. And then, uh, and I think one placed and then, you know, there was a snafu there. Um, and then there was one at, um, another, I think native was at another semi. Yeah. It was confusing. So you got the community (laughs) now. Are there, they're a strong gym in, do they have other games level athletes there to push you? Or is that not something you need? Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I work out on my own. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. It's always nice if somebody wants to jump in with my programming. Um, but that happens very rarely, but, um, you know, Kevin and Casey, who are the owners there, um, you know, they were at regionals, um, and they were part of the team that went to semis last year and, yeah, there's no, no one has made it to the games yet. Um, who knows whether that will change, but there's just um, quality people and, and high level athletes that if they're, you know, if I see somebody, even, you know, a 20 something year old doing something that I, you know, want to be better at them at like that, that pushes me. Go so. get it. Who does your programming? What, what program do you follow? Um, it's called golden line programming, um, or golden line training. He, uh, his name is Matthew Bryant. He used to work for OPEX. Hmm. Okay. Does he specialize in like master stuff or, uh, he, regular? I mean, he, he, both, he does it all, but he does enjoy working with the master's community. Do you have a couple other colleagues that are following under his tutelage that you know of? No, no. She's not giving away secrets. <laughs> no, there's not a secret that I know. Um, I mean, on some level, it's it would be great uh, so that we could do some of the same similar sure. um, workouts and see where we stack up. And but um, no, not right now. Where are you sitting in the age group right now? I will be 52 next year. So, okay, yeah. so you're still in the beginning part of that yeah. curve. Yeah. Which... Cool. So you and I, you and I will be in the same age group for a couple of years. Damn it. Right. <laughs> I have a chance. Never mind. Don't say that. I'm done. Never say never. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's possible. What's the cut? When's the cutoff? What's the cutoff date for eight? Like what? July 15th, I think. Yeah. Something of, of 2023. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be the certain Ooh. age before. So I mean, I'll be in your age group this year. Are you going to be 50? I'll be 50 in February. You go. February what? February 20th. Oh, are you Pisces or not? I am. I'm on the cusp. Yes, I'm a Pisces. All right. Pisces rock. So, yes, I'm a Pisces. (laughs) Excellent. The only reason I know that is our other co-host, Amy. Her birthday is July 16th. So she's the oldest in her division because. One day. It's the following day after. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good place to be. Have you registered for the open yet? No. I registered. I I don't remember it telling me I was in a different age group. No, I mean, I'm like the last minute sort of registrant. Yeah. (laughs) I tried to be the first person to register. So that's just my, that's how I compete. I want to be the first one. You go. (laughs) I'm like, do I have to? Okay. (laughs) So I want to ask something more like 30,000 foot, and that is the master's division 
just doesn't seem to get the publicity it deserves. What needs to change for that to happen? Honestly, I think like Rich Froning needs to be a master's or something, something like that would, would perhaps do that. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's something that I often talk about and, you know, I, I come from a obviously biased point of view, given the fact that I am a master's athlete, but part of me is like, Hey, if I were, you know, if I'm 20 or, you know, in my twenties and I can sleep, I have a massage therapist, a PT, a, you know, Cairo, I have all these recovery tools. I have somebody cooking for me. I'm in the gym six to eight hours a day. Like part of me is like, you should be good. You should be very good. Right. Like there's, there shouldn't be any reason why you're not good. Like you have it all set up for you. And, and for me, I am much more impressed by people who have a full-time job, a family, you know, are having to cook for themselves, find a way to recover well, sleep well, you know, all these things plus compete at a high level. Like to me, that's more impressive. And, um, of course, nobody asked me, but um, but I just think that that we as master masters athletes should be kind of rewarded for how much that takes. Like it's it's not easy to find the time to work out in a full life of family and um, and full time job. So here's my theory. We hear masters athletes say that all the time, but we never, ever get to see it. Mm-hmm. So in researching for today, I looked up Julie Rappaport and two podcasts showed up and both of them were this one. Oh, it was this one. And the one we did with you before people need to know the stories behind the athletes when you know what the athlete has to has overcome, then you, there's a rooting interest in them achieving the goal. And we're not telling the stories enough. Yeah, I agree. I also think that there's this thought of nobody, you know, kind of Greg Glassman's thing of nobody wants to see masters or old people work out or whatever it was that he said. And I just feel like we, since we're doing, you know, we're working, we have kids, we, you know, this and that, it's like, we are kind of the real human beings that other people in our age groups and such can look at and say, if they can do it, so can I. And um, I think that that is, you know, I don't think that it's true that, that people don't want to watch the masters. I think it's. It's a fact. I think the stories are the stories are way more interesting. Anyway, yeah, there's, there's I agree. It's, there. it's the stories. It's the people, and it's more inspiring. Don't know them. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's what we're here for. That's awesome. why we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. I also don't yeah, like because I with masters programming too. But say that again. I don't like what it, what is going on with masters programming. That's another beef that I have. But um, what do you mean? Can you elaborate? <clears throat> um. So for instance, if they have like a max lift, um, great, right? You know, the strong athletes are going to separate, that's a separator, right? They get that as their thing. But then, you know, as you get older, they then modify the gymnastics. Um, Whereas, you know, there's bar muscle ups and then, oh, nope, now it's chest to bar. And it's like, there's not, you know, when I think when modifications happen, it's usually it, my understanding is it should happen because of due to safety. Um, there's not a safety issue in doing a gymnastics. It's just a skill issue and it's also a separator. And so it's like, if you're going to have a max lift, you need to have high level gymnastics. And if you can't do it, then I feel like there should be a, a substitution. Okay. We, we program bar muscle ups or we program ring muscle ups. That's the workout. 
if you can't do that or you fail at that, you can replace it with, you know, nine burpee chest to bar, or, you know, whatever it is um, so that people could still participate, but that they get a little bit penalized for not being able to do the high level stuff. I don't know. There, that's yeah. just my thought. It's like, um, if it's a safety issue, I get it, but I don't think gymnastics. You, you know, you make a good point though, because we do it a lot for high skill gymnastics, but we don't ever do it for a max lift, right? Like right. lifting is lifting. And, and if anything, that's maybe more of a safety issue, um, right. than a high skill gymnastics movement. So I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. Cause we will have heavy lifts in a workout and there won't be like, well, you can do this heavy lift or you can do a little lighter lift and right. maybe fewer reps. And, you know, that's the thing, but we could always see, you know, a handstand walk or a bear crawl or, you know, muscle ups or chest bar. Um, and really not necessarily a penalty for the people that choose the, the, the lower skill. Um, that's something to think about. I like that. Good. I'm glad I asked. It, in my opinion, if there are 50 people in the world that can do bar muscle ups in that age group, then that should still be considered as one of the elements that can be added. I'm sorry, if you can't do it, you, you're not going to make the games. Right. Right. That's the way the cookie yes. crumbles. <laughs> like, right. Right. In, yeah. In the you, NFL, you if you can't throw a pass, you're right. not going to, you don't get to play. Right. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like the first element in a workout either. We don't need to make people just get on, on the floor and stare at a bar. Right. But it could right. be intertwined in the workout such that it could still stop you, you know, in your tracks, but at least you've gotten something done. Yeah. I definitely think there could be a little more thought to some of the programming for that in that regard. And I think it needs like, in terms of like, you know, the people that were individuals are now masters, you know, they, they've, you know, the Chris Spielers and the, you know, Cole Sagers. Yeah, they're going to keep those skills for a while. And, yeah. It's like, they're, the programming needs to change with the evolution of the sport. And like years ago, okay, maybe there weren't bar muscle ups or, you know, ring muscle ups. Cause only one person in 20 could do them or something, but that's not the case now. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, I, I totally agree. Well, we're going to do our best to promote the master's division. We love the master's division. We're all master's athletes on this show. And so we want it, we want it to be successful, but you really have to know the players on the field to be able to root for them. And we, we have to start somewhere. Yeah. Let me know how I can help. I mean, um, you, you guys are great. Well, that's we, yeah. all I had. We have ideas. All right. Let me know. I'm happy to help in whatever way I can. Awesome. I want to ask you before I let you go, how are the kids? They're great. They're getting, I mean, they're just, I'm like. How old are they now? Seven and 10. Oh my gosh. No, I'm like, so I had to interview to take, like to decide for middle school for my son. And I'm like, how is he almost in middle school? Like that's, he was just baby. Yeah. I know. Pretty soon they're up and out. You never know. I know. Think of an, uh, are they are... Uh, any any more interested in the gym? Oh, they go to kids CrossFit. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Good. You amaze me, Julie Rappaport. Oh, thank you. Seven you do so much with your life, and you are so successful. And uh, you are always welcome on this show. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Love you guys. So fortunate that... to have met you vice versa. Well, thank you so much. And we will see you next time on the Clydesdale media podcast. 